On this episode of the Macworld Podcast, it's all about your hot takes. You've been on social media posting your thoughts about Apple's announcements at WWDC, so we'll talk about your comments and respond with a few of our own. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola here with Jason Cross. Hello. And Michael Simon. Hello, sir. Uh, this is a special edition of the show where we feature your hot takes about WWDC from the Macworld social media feeds. We'll share what you wrote, and we will offer our thoughts. Uh, you tell can... you how you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> our readers are never wrong, Jason. <laughs> no. They're, well, they're brilliant and attractive people. <laughs> if you want to read the hot takes, you can see them on uh, the show notes for this podcast. We'll have that on our website. They're mostly Twitter links. So if you want to, you can even engage in a dis- discussion. I know it's a few days after WWDC, but you know, I guess uh, Twitter discussions never really die. Yeah. So Apple spends a majority of its WWDC keynote talking about iOS because, you know, the iPhone is the dominant platform, so iOS is the priority. And for most of you who were paying attention to WWDC, that's all good. In a poll that we posted asking what OS you are most excited about, 50% of you picked iOS 15, 26% said Monterey, 21% said iPad OS 15, and 4% said Watch OS 8. Poor, poor Watch OS 8. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it brings up the rear in literally every single poll. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jason alluded to the type of comments we got, because there is a cliche along the lines of it's easier to complain than to compliment or something like that. So a lot of the Twitter responses that we got were kind of not kind about WWDC. At Rafalco81 said that actually none of it really resonated with him. He said it all fell flat. Yeah, well, I mean, the biggest problem is that we had, you know, we're, we were uh, guilty of this too. Like there was a lot of hype going into this WWDC and for one, Apple almost couldn't live up to it. But, you know, yeah. all that hardware that we were expecting the M1X chip, like we got none of it. Yeah, right. So, and and a year removed from the from the from the Apple Silicon, the announcement. Like, if you take that out of 2020 WWDC, it's the same thing. Like, it's you know, it's hard to get super excited over FaceTime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, and all this FaceTime sharing stuff. It's it's hard to get excited about something that people don't do today when they're trying to say this is something. Right. You're going to do, we're going to make it better. We're going to make you do this. And, and, and it's not even last year. I feel like iOS 14 was so transformative with the widgets and the home screen changes, the app library, stuff like that. We don't have any sort of fundamental stick where it jumps out at you and right. it just looks so different. And it's, you know, something really big and obvious. So there are big things like the, the offline series stuff and everything. It's, that's a huge change, but it's, it all kind of feels under the hood. It doesn't jump out at you the way some of the stuff last year did. So I'm not surprised that people just aren't, aren't super jazzed about it, especially after last year where we got a big announcement last year and we were expecting hardware this year and stuff like that. So the, the same goes Apple's a software company that sells hardware, but it's the hardware that gets everyone pumped. And that's yeah. just the way it's going to yeah. be. And Apple does do hardware every once in a while. On Twitter, at Real Les Hay said, duh, this conference has always been about the software. And that's true, but doesn't mm. mean that Apple won't make hardware announcements during WWDC. Yeah, 
I went back and looked before the show at the last uh, six or seven years worth. You know, you can't go back forever. Um, and saw, and it's about half of them. They announced some interesting new hardware, right? Whether it's the Mac Pro or the HomePod or something like that. So you kind of you kind of fifty fifty on new hardware. Often the hardware that is revealed at WWDC is somewhat related to or has a developer bent to it. Yep. They're pro pro level machines. Like the Mac mm-hmm. Pro was announced during WWDC. Yep. The iMac Pro was announced during WWDC. And I think we all thought maybe the MacBook Pro with the new Apple Silicon would be revealed because that would be a machine developers would be interested in. Um, yeah, I'm not totally convinced that Apple didn't want to do that. I think production right. issues and supply chain stuff is what's really kind of dictating when Apple is releasing this stuff. And we've we've heard these rumors for a while about the MacBook Pro. I think it's ready. I just don't think they can make anywhere near enough of them to ship. I mean, we see it with the iMac. We see it with the iPad Pro. Those things are super constrained, and those aren't products that people buy in the numbers that, you know, like like an iPhone or something. So yeah. Apple is clearly being affected by these supply chain issues that, that that's affecting the whole industry. And I think for them to introduce, uh, uh, first of all, the MacBook is, is one of their best-selling, if not their best-selling Mac, and there's so much anticipation for this model. I think they would, if, like, they don't want to release something and then have it not ship until, like, like September, you know? Yeah. You might as well just do a... October event or something like that. We're at the point where I just kind of wonder when they're going to announce it. Uh, They almost never do something between WWDC and the September iPhone event. And the September iPhone event sucks all the oxygen out of the room. They usually don't do Macs and stuff there. They'll do another thing in October that's just like Macs, right? So uh, is that what we're in for? We're in for waiting till October for them to announce these these MacBooks? Probably. A a summer event is, is very rare, as you say. Last year, it was Apple Watch and... I believe the the uh, HomePod Mini came out at the same time. Then there was the iPhone, and then there was the Mac uh, in I think November. Uh, Apple Watch was together with the iPhone event. I think it was. I think they broke it. Yeah. Uh, now I can't remember, but I I know there were three last year. There were three virtual mm-hmm. events. Maybe maybe the first one was something I'm, I'm misremembering. But um, I do know there were three. September October, September was something, and then the iPhone, and then uh, Mac. And I wonder if we're not in store for a similar type of a thing, because I assume they'll be virtual, even though we will, we are getting back together. I doubt Apple will gather people in um, mm-hmm. uh, the Steve Jobs Theater in their Apple Park this year. So we could we could be seeing three events again, and yeah, it could just be a succession of releases, like boom, 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 and right. MacBook Pro might get get scooped the- up there. So so last year's events, there wasn't anything till September that was the Apple Watch and iPhone. And uh, new iPad Airs and uh, eighth gen iPad. Then there's October was HomePod Mini. Uh, September when they normally do the iPhones wasn't iPhones. Was Apple Watch, right? And it was iPads, right? Uh, right. And then the iPad Air. That's right, because it came out the A14 came out before the iPhone. And then they and then they released the um, all the OSs like the next day. Then October. A month later than usual, they did the iPhones, but they also did. That's when they did the HomePod Mini. And then, uh, then there was a November when that's when the M1 stuff actually wasn't the, like the, the specific the products were yeah. announced, as opposed to just saying they're making this chip. They actually announced the products. So yeah, there, there were three, and I wonder if we'll if we wouldn't get a similar type of a thing because mm-hmm. the production issues. There's no sign that they're going away. 
And if they're having a problem delivering the M1 chip for the iPad Pro and the Mac, the, the iMac, I wonder if the iPhone's going to be going to be um, pushed back again this year by a month or so. Mm, yeah, hard to, hard to know. It really doesn't. It's it's really hard to say yeah. which which pieces of the supply chain are having the most problems and stuff. So yeah, we really don't, we really don't know. And if there are three, is it going to be sort of September, October, November, like last year, which was kind of a month shifted, or is it going to be August, September, October with September being the iPhones as usual? Yeah. I mean, we've gotten Apple. So we, what, what have we gotten this year so far? We have the iPad pro, we have the iMac. Um, we're still waiting on AirPods. We're still waiting on laptops Maybe that Mac Mini. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's that's in the that's in the pipeline here. The, the next Macs. I mean, obviously, new Apple Watch and new iPhones. Right. That's every year. But mm-hmm. the other things we're waiting on is, like you said, the AirPods and the new Mac stuff. The next set of yeah. Apple Silicon Macs. Right. I mean, we've yet to get a pro Apple Silicon Mac for a pro model. You know, for all intents yeah. and purposes, I mean, they're fast mm-hmm. and they're great machines, but they're not pro level machines yet. We're still, we're still we're still waiting for that. I mean, technically, one is called the yeah. <laughs> MacBook Pro, but it's the low it's end, thirteen right. inch, and they're still right. selling the Intel one for the high end and stuff. So, and it's basically a MacBook Air with a Touch Bar. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, you know, for all we know, they actually recorded the segment introducing the yeah, new MacBook Pro, and then decided, you know, had it in there, and then edited it out one day figured out that they wouldn't be able to ship quantity in time so yeah, maybe I mean, they have it about 15 go. minutes left in that in that two-hour yeah. presentation that that's <laughs> yep. <laughs> just ended yep it's so it's very possible that it was there yeah. and they said you know what we we can't make them so just just just, just yeah. cut it it could always just arrive on like a random tuesday with a press release i doubt it yeah, yeah. i yeah if it's a redesign i doubt it yeah, if redesign, it's a new chip and, and if it's like the existing m1s where they just stick it in the current body and they're replacing the chip then i could get that but i by yeah all all the rumors say it's not that it's, but it's the, a bit the of a 16 redesign, inch so. uh the 16 the current 16 inch i believe launched by a press release and that, that was a new not so much redesign but different I don't know how Apple makes that decision. To be honest with you, like what rises to the level of a of an event and what doesn't, it's it's all sometimes it just seems random. Especially yeah. since the events aren't really events; they're not dragging people to the Apple Theater. Right. Like the um, iPhone SE I, last year launched with nothing, and so yeah. the iPad Pro that that could have been an event, you know, mm-hmm. something. I'm willing to bet this fall's iPhone launch will be back in person, though. You think so? I do this year. This year. Interesting. By September, I'll I think. That, I'll um, take that bet. Better than even odds. Hmm. On Twitter, there was a lot of people who were disappointed in iPad OS. Yeah. At Vincent Coronal said, an iPad with an M1 chip, but an iPad OS, that's garbage. Shaking my effing head. Yeah. I mean, garbage is a little extreme. Apple set itself up for this. I mean, when they launched that iPad Again. Pro with that screen and with that chip, we were waiting. Okay, yeah. here here it comes. This is what we've been waiting for. A reason for this super high-end tablet to exist. And we, I mean, we didn't get it. Yeah. I mean, the M1, as we've said before, is basically an A14X. They had this problem when they did the A12X iPad Pros and stuff. Everyone's like, it's so fast. It's so ridiculously fast. It could be as fast as a MacBook or something. And they, and we can't do what we need to do with it. And every year we go through this this 
dance. Th- this is even that, more so. I mean, you got eight and 16 gigs of RAM in there. You're mm-hmm. now directly sure. comparing it to a Mac. You know, it has these same. Yeah, Apple's Mac. inviting that yeah, comparison they're right. they're more than ever they have before. So at Doctor's Scaphandria on Twitter said, that was it. More proof of how absolutely pointless the iPad Pro is. Has the guts mm-hmm. of a Mac, but does a lot less than a Mac. and is more expensive than a Mac. It, by the time you add a keyboard yeah. and stuff, it sure is. Yeah. Um, granted, it's got the awesome display and stuff and touch and the pencil. and But still, yeah. Yeah, you can spend like three grand on an iPad Pro. I'll say this about iPadOS 14 is, th- I mean, 15 is that it's... It's setting aside that it doesn't make iPad Pros pro enough. It's going to be really nice for everyone else who has an iPad because uh, they fix a lot of the issues yeah. that we just sort of thought were missing last year. A lot of the stuff yeah. the iPhone got last year, it, it gets now that, that we were just like, why no app library? Where's my widgets? You know, and uh, and it really makes multitasking, I wouldn't say more intuitive. They're, they just added more ways to do it multitasking. Makes it a but at least... It's at least accessible. Yeah. You can at least, you're not just sitting there going like, how do I multitask? There's a little bar you can touch. I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if half of iPad, you know, take take the pro out of there. Half don't even understand that you can multitask. Oh, yeah. Easily. Yeah, it'll make it, I, I don't it'll see make anyone. Easier. If I casually am watching someone use an iPad, and I, my parents or my neighbors or something like that, they have iPads. Yeah. N- nobody's ever apps, yeah. using slide over or anything. No. Right. So yeah, I agree with you. For in when it comes to iPad OS 15, the lower end iPads are going to absolutely benefit from it. Mm-hmm. The higher end iPads, which are presumably people who know understand multitasking, use it already, have the mm-hmm. keyboard and 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 do these things, these these higher end things, it doesn't really change much. It makes the desktop a little bit or the home screen. A yeah, little it's bit nicer. nicer. It's still nicer to have the app library and widgets and stuff, but it's that's that's yeah. not the answer they're looking for. <laughs> Yeah. And, and you know, now we're looking at another twelve to fifteen months. Yeah, before we get something in, and maybe we won't. Right. You know, maybe you know. Interestingly happen. enough, it, it, it's almost an app problem and not an OS problem. Where they don't need a new iPad OS to go like, here's logic on right. iPad right. On iPad OS, and here's Final Cut, and here's the. Um, oh, did you say like X, Xcode? Final Cut. Xcode. Well. Thank you. Xcode. Oh, okay. Xcode. Yeah, it is nothing stopping Apple from releasing those apps that have nothing to do with making a new OS, and that, yeah. they, they could do that. Yeah, and, and then I, everybody would be happy and go like, "Finally, this is a device pros could really use." It's a bit of a kick that they released uh, an update to Swift Playgrounds that lets you code, <laughs> right? <laughs> But not the one that people want. <laughs> right. Well, kind of along that line, Cliff Booth on Facebook said, it's like playing Resident Evil with your briefcase full of fire powder, but you're fighting with your knife. I mean, that, that's, a, that's an apt analogy. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how many people that analogy is for, but I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, at Thor's Joker on Twitter said that he wants a proper file system and not widgets on the home screen. Yeah, yeah, the, the file system's a big yeah. one that, that people have been waiting for. They they did improve the files app some. It uh, it supports NTFS volumes, which is a big deal. And they they switched from I don't know why this took so long. They switched from the stupid little circle that fills in when you're doing stuff to an actual progress yeah. bar. <laughs> And if, if you're transferring sizable files, that you need that. You, yeah. you the little circle doesn't tell you anything. 
It's kind of typical Apple, though, because there's a segment of the population that needs really kind of high and deeper features, and then Apple throws a biscuit instead of the whole bone. Yeah, yeah. You know, like like the Swift Playground instead of instead of Xcode. We, we, we've talked about this in the past. It's tricky with the iPad because you have to keep it simple because you also sell a three hundred dollar version. But you also want to make it powerful because you sell a $3,000 version. And it's really hard to strike that balance without saying these features are strictly for the iPad Pro and these features are for everybody else. Yeah. And they don't do that with any other OS. They don't do that with, with iPhone or, or, or Mac. And once you start, once you start in that direction, that change that, that inherently changes your, your product line. And I don't think they want to do that. And I don't know how, I don't know how you kind of rectify that problem. Yeah, they do it a little with the iPad. I mean, the iPhone, the, the pros always get a, like a little something, but it's usually something like different telephoto or something. Yeah, it's right. Not, it's, it's, it's not it's a substantial tied, OS. It's tied into the hardware or something. Mm-hmm. Like people, iPad Pro users want a Mac-like interface for their iPad. And I don't necessarily think that an iPad Air or, or an entry-level iPad person wants that. Yeah. And it's 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 really hard. So unless there's like a switch... In the OS that you could change between the two versions, it's. it's I, I honestly think the solution to this, or not the solution, but Apple's best choice is just to do do the app thing because it's fine for them to say, "Look, here's Final Cut for iPad. It's only for iPad Pro." Yeah, that would be okay. That's fine. Yeah, sure. You know, and it, it, you know, it might only work uh, with a or sixteen gigs of RAM. Like you might need that power to run right properly, at least run it properly. FaceTime was a marquee feature during WWDC. Martin Taylor on Facebook wrote, FaceTime is only useful for Apple users. For my colleagues, we use Microsoft Teams or Zoom. Family uses Facebook Messenger as there is a mix of phones and desktop laptop computers. Not sure why Apple bothered. I mean, I get why they bothered, but I also understand that I don't think it's going to move the needle all that much. Uh, when when yeah. compared to, to, to Zoom yeah. and stuff like that. We think it's such a big deal that they're making like you can schedule a future FaceTime call and send a link and someone else can join it from the web from like a non-Apple product. And that is a big deal, but I just don't think very many people will do that. That almost sounds like something that Apple built for themselves. Internally, right. Apple's <laughs> business, they they, they want to they wanna use they're, – they're they get mad every time they have to launch Zoom or something for, for a meeting and say, right. why can't we do this? And then they – but I, I just are companies going to start using FaceTime? Yeah, no, are are, no are people going to start? Are regular people going to schedule future FaceTime things and send links? I, I don't think many, very many people will do that. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's it's overdue. It might have mattered if they had that in place when the the lockdown quarantine started. I don't even know yeah. if that's the case. But yeah, now it's it seems too late. It's extremely limited. And most people, like, you don't think of FaceTime as something that you do uh, an hour or a day from now. You do it now. You press yeah. the button and you make a call. So it's, it's, it's a change in the way people are going to think of FaceTime. And I, I don't think it's going to necessarily catch on. Maybe, you know, it's put that piece in place and mm-hmm. a year from now or, or, or you know, whenever they, they add more features, then it makes more sense. I do think that it needed a change. That the, the way they did uh, group FaceTime was was never was never ideal. I like the grid stuff. The spatial audio stuff sounds cool, but I think it's just you know it's just a benefit for the people who already use it. I don't think it's going to change much. Yeah, uh, those are some nice little UI changes that 
people have asked for. I don't know that anyone's going to do any of this sharing stuff, this the, yeah. the FaceTime sharing stuff. Agreed. The shared with you sections in apps where the sharing through Messenger, people do that all the time already. That's great. And just having that in the apps. But the, the FaceTime, I'm watching a video together with my friends. I'm listening to music together with my friends. Yeah. It, do, do we think that's going to be popular? No, because I, I, I mean, for don't. one, we're going to be with our friends again, hopefully, <laughs> most likely. <laughs> So, like, the, the, when people were doing those quarantine watch parties and stuff, like, we're not going to be doing that anymore. Ah, uh, maybe. I, I feel like, all right. So, I mean, you have you have kids that I don't, that are probably old enough. They they feel like differently about this. They'll they'll be right. with their friends together at school, and then they'll go home and they'll hang out with their friends online. That's true. Yep. Right, they do, and so yeah, so, so there's kind of a different yeah. cultural age division thing where there are people who are very comfortable and happy to hang out online in a place where they hang out. It, it can be Fortnite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> people go That's home true. and they hang out with their friends yeah. at Fortnite for two hours, not playing the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see that. My my son actually does does literally that. He comes home from school, and the first thing he does is he calls his friend who he just saw on Facetime and plays yeah. some game. Yeah. That's true. So maybe maybe I'm I'm just missing the demographic. Maybe it's for eight year olds. <laughs> <laughs> but I still don't know if that's gonna be like let's watch a show together. It's awesome that it syncs up and that, you know, if one person pauses, it pauses for everyone and they everyone's seeing the same thing at the same time. They they did it right. Yeah. But I have a hard time getting a sense for how popular that might be. We had some comments about Mac OS Monterey at Gary Bajaj said that I'm afraid Apple will remove access to the macOS file system or something stupid like that in the name of security for further restricting how their product can be used. I don't know yeah. <laughs> where that comes from. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I can understand the, the fear. I understand that, the premise, right. Yeah, I understand a general I, premise. I would but... be surprised if that, if that happened. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've consistently seen Apple um, treat macOS with uh, far less restrictive sort of privacy and security issues than iOS, and yeah, I don't I don't necessarily see that. They've they've already done a lot where apps need to ask you for permission to access your file system all the time and stuff like that. Uh, and I'm not necessarily against that. I'm not against loading up an app and it saying, "Hey, it wants to access your downloads folder," and you say, "Yeah." Uh, recently, Apple had that uh, court case with Epic and. A couple of the executives made comments that, hey, listen, you know, we don't love the way the Mac is, you know, for lack of a better word, open to malware. <laughs> but yeah. also, you know, they didn't go ahead and make these changes. Like, this is not something new. So the Mac is the Mac. And, you know, warts and all, I don't think Apple is going to make it more like iOS. I think what they're what they're doing is um, moving more and more people to it. Not, not necessarily them, but the world is shifting toward that mobile space. Mm-hmm. And the Mac gets smaller and smaller, but um, I, I, I would be shocked if they one day decided, well, the Finder's gone, and now everything's within apps, and you know we're going to do it more like iOS. Yeah, and and I didn't, I haven't seen any evidence of this in macOS Monterey, but it would not surprise me if uh, they were more restrictive about like letting apps, how apps access the file system and stuff, more than they are now, mm-hmm. uh, locking that kind of stuff down even more. Not, I don't think they're going to go so far as to say you can only get apps from the App Store and they only have to use these frameworks and stuff. But I think they're going to make it a lot harder for developers not to use their frameworks that have all these permissions and stuff like that to increase the security level of macOS. 
kind of along the lines that Mike brought up uh, at Bob from CT says, I know Apple is big on blurring the lines between desktop, laptop, and tablet phone, but they're two different things. Each one functions differently than the other and are used (laughs) differently as well. Apple does have something similar on the Mac that's like the iOS home screen. It's called Launchpad Mm -hmm. on the Mac. And I don't think anybody uses Launchpad. No, it's it's always in my dock because it 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 comes with when I you know when you start the Mac. It's by default. And I've never removed it, but yeah, I I never I never Yeah, the new Mac keyboards don't have Launchpad on the on that function row anymore because like nobody used it. Um, it's still there. You can open it with spotlight, you know, but it's, yeah. Or make a yeah. shortcut. But yeah, that's just, just an example of people use the devices differently. Yeah. yeah. And Apple didn't get rid of the applications folder when they did Launchpad, you know, like it's all yeah. there. I actually think, um, from what we saw from macOS Monterey, it, it may have allayed some of my fears about them trying to make it to iOS like or something. It seems like they only did some relatively simple and smart things. They gave us a new control center last year. They made the control center a little more useful, more smart. They gave us things like the little access light when somebody's accessing your microphone and stuff. They put that into, I mean, none of those turn it into iOS, but it's useful and I guess wanted features, I would say. You know, I want that stuff on my Mac. Mm -hmm. Well, that just about does it for this week's episode of the Macworld Podcast, episode 747. Thanks to Jason Cross. Thank you. Thanks to Michael Simon. Thank you, sir. And thanks to you, the audience. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for responding to us on Twitter and Facebook. We appreciate it. You can subscribe to the podcast via the podcast app on Spotify or whatever app you use for podcasts. If you have any comments or questions, send us an email at podcast at macworld.com or you can contact us through Twitter, that's at Macworld or on the Macworld Facebook page. Join us in the next episode of the Macworld Podcast as we talk about the latest news and happenings in the world of Apple. See you next time. (laughs) 